Good morning. It's Lindsay with Leverage Ambition. I am going to uh, read something really nice today. Uh, you're in for a big treat. Uh, this is The Game of Life and How to Play It by FlorenceShin.com. And Florence Shin is an interesting character. So she actually lived from 1871 to 1940. And she was really known as a woman that was ahead of her time. To many, she is considered to be among the likes of James Allen, the author of As Men Thinketh, Wallace D. Waddles, the author of The Science of Getting Rich, and Napoleon Hill, who wrote the classic Think and Grow Rich. So this is an excerpt from uh, the intro to her book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. Um, it reads here that Miss Shin was an artist, an author, and a metaphysics teacher in New York in the early part of the 20th century. Her books are remarkable and revolutionary in her times. They are profound, full of wisdom, and have inspired thousands of people for several decades. She was an outstanding proponent of power of thoughts. She taught that life is a game, and in order to play it well, one must learn to understand the universal laws that govern it. She showed her students and readers how to win health, prosperity, and happiness by mastering the game. By sharing real-life stories, she illustrates how positive attitudes and affirmations invariably succeed in making one a winner in life, able to control life's conditions and release abundance through knowledge of spiritual law. Florence Scovel Shin had the ability to explain her success principles and how they work in an entertaining and easy-to-read style. She can be considered one of the last century's most popular success teachers. Florence Scovel Shin was born on September 24, 1871 in Camden, New Jersey to Alden Cortland Scovel and Emily Hopkinson. She had an older sister and a younger brother. Florence was educated at Friends Central School in Philadelphia. She later studied art at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts from 1889 to 1897. While there, she met Everett Shin, a painter of impressionistic canvases and realistic murals. They married shortly after Florence graduated from the Art Academy. The Shins moved to New York, where both pursued their separate careers. Everett in the theater, while Florence did illustrations for children's literature in magazines and books. In 1925, Florence decided to publish her first book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. After unsuccessfully finding a publisher for her work, she published it herself. Her second book, Your Word is Your Wand, followed in 1929, and her final book, The Secret Door to Success, was published in 1940, shortly before her death on October 17, 1940. A fourth book, the Power of the Spoken Word is a compendium of her notes, gathered by one of her students and published posthumu posthumously in, in 1945. So I'm going to read um, this, this book. Uh, I'm going to read the first chapter today. I think it's, it's really a great um, a book to understand, just like the law of the universe, um, I've written some articles about it as well, and they've really seemed to be popular. So I wanted to actually read the book to you, uh, and you can listen. So I'm going to start with chapter one, The Game of Life and How to Play It. 
by Florence Scovel Shin. Chapter one, the game. Most people consider life a battle, but it is not a battle, it is a game. It is a game, however, which cannot be played successfully without the knowledge of spiritual law. And the Old and the New Testaments give the rules to, of the game with wonderful clearness. Jesus Christ taught that it was a great game of giving and receiving. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. This means that whatever man sends out in word or deed will return to him. What he gives, he will receive. If he gives hate, he will receive hate. If he gives love, he will receive love. If he gives criticism, he will receive criticism. If he lies, he will be lied to. If he cheats, he will be cheated. We are also taught that the imaging faculty plays a leading part in the game of life. Keep thy heart or imagination with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And that's Proverbs 4.23. This means that what man images sooner or later externalizes in his affairs. I know of a man who feared a certain disease. It was a very rare disease, difficult to get, but he pictured it continually and read about it until he manifested it in his body and he died, the victim of distorted imagination. So we see to play successfully the game of life, we must train the imaging faculty. A person with imaging faculty trained to image only good brings into his life every righteous desire of his heart, health, wealth, love, friends, perfect self-expression, his highest ideals. The imagination has been called the scissors of the mind, and it is ever cutting, cutting day by day, the pictures man sees there, and sooner or later he meets his own creations in his outer world. To train the imagination successfully, man must understand the workings of his mind, the Greek said, know thyself. There are three departments of the mind, the subconscious, conscious, and superconscious. The subconscious is simply power without direction. It is like steam or electricity. It does what it is directed to do. It has no power of induction. Whatever man feels deeply or images clearly is impressed upon the subconscious mind and carried out in minutest detail. For example, a woman I know when a child says, made believe, she was a widow. She dressed up in black clothes and wore a long black veil, and people thought she was very clever and amusing. She grew up and married a man whom she was deeply in love. In a short time, he died, and he, she wore black in a, and a weeping, sweeping veil for many years. The picture of herself as a widow was impressed upon the subconscious mind, and in due time worked itself out, regardless of the havoc created. The conscious mind has been called mortal or carnal mind. It is the human mind, and it sees life as it appears to be. It sees death, disaster, sickness, poverty, and limitation of every kind, and it impresses the subconscious. The superconscious mind is the God mind within each man, and it is the realm of perfect ideas. In it is the perfect pattern spoken, spoken of that by Plato divine design for there is it is a design a divine design for each person there is a place that you are to fill and no one else can fill something you are to do which no one else can do there is a perfect picture of this in the superconscious mind it usually flashes across the conscious and is an untainable idea 
unattainable idea, something too good to be true. In reality, it is man's true destiny or destination flashed to him from the infinite intelligence which is within himself. Many people, however, are in ignorance of their true destinies and are striving for things and situations which do not belong to them and would only bring failure and dissatisfaction if attained. For example, a woman came to me and asked me to speak the word that she would marry a certain man with whom she was very much in love. She called him A. B. I replied that this would be a violation of spiritual law, but that I would speak the word for the right man, the divine selection, the man who belonged to her by divine right. I added, if A.B. is the right man, you can't lose him, and he isn't. You, If he isn't, you will receive his equivalent. She saw A.B. frequently, but no headway was made in their friendship. One evening she called and said, Do you know, for the last week, A.B. hasn't seemed so wonderful to me. I replied, Maybe he's not the divine selection. Another man may be the right one. Soon after that, she met another man who fell in love with her at once and who said she was his ideal. In fact, he said all the things that she had always wished A.B. would say to her. She remarked, it was quite uncanny. She returned, soon returned his love and all lost interest in A.B. This shows the law of substitution. A right idea was substituted for a wrong one. Therefore, there was no loss or sacrifice involved. Jesus Christ said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And he said the kingdom was within man. The kingdom is the realm of right ideas or the divine pattern. Jesus Christ taught by the man's words playing a leading part in the game of life. By your words ye are justified, and by your words ye are condemned. Many people have brought disaster into their lives through idle words. For example, a woman once asked me why her life was now of one of poverty of limitation. Formerly, she had a home, was surrounded by beautiful things, had often tired of the management of her home, and had said repeatedly, I'm sick and tired of things. I wish I lived in a trunk. And she added, today I am living in that trunk. She had spoken herself into a trunk. The subconscious mind has no sense of humor, and people often joke themselves into unhappy experiences. For example, a woman who had a great deal of money joked continually about getting ready for the poorhouse. In a few years, she was almost destitute, having impressed the subconscious mind with a picture of lack and limitation. Fortunately, the law works in both ways, and a situation of lack may be changed to one of plenty. For example, a woman came to me one hot summer's day for a treatment for prosperity. She was worn out, dejected, and discouraged. She that. Sorry. Here we go. She said she possessed just $8 in the world. I said, good. We'll bless the $8 and multiply them as Jesus Christ multiplied the loaves and fishes. For he taught that every man had the power to bless and to multiply, to heal and to prosper. She said, what shall I do next? I replied, follow intuition. Have you a hunch to do anything or to go anywhere? Intuition means intuition or to be taught from within it is man's unerring guide and i will deal more fully with its laws in a following chapter the woman replied i don't know i seem to have a hunch to go home
I've just enough money for car fare. Her home was in a distant city and was one of lack and limitation. And the reasoning mind or intellect would have said, stay in New York and get work and make some money. I replied, then go home, never violate a hunch. I spoke to the following words to her, infinite spirit, open the way for great abundance for blank. She is an irresistible magnet for all that belongs to her by divine right. I told her to repeat it and continually so. She left for home immediately. In calling on a woman one day, she linked up with an old friend of a family, of her family, an old friend of her family. There you go. Through this friend, she received thousands of dollars in a most miraculous way. She has often to me said, tell people about the woman who came to you with $8 and a hunch. There's always plenty of on man's pathway, but it only can be brought into manifestation through desire, faith, or the spoken word. Jesus Christ bought, brought out clearly that man must make the first move. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. That's Matthew 7, 7. In the scriptures, we read, Concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. Infinite intelligence. God is ever ready to carry out man's smallest or greatest demands. Every desire uttered and unexpressed is a demand. We are often startled by having a wish suddenly fulfilled. For example, one Easter, having seen many beautiful rose trees in the florist's window, I wished I would receive one and for an instant saw it mentally being carried to the door. Easter came and with it a beautiful rose tree. I thanked my friend for the following day and told her that it was just what I had wanted. She replied, I didn't send you a rose tree. I sent you lilies. The man had mixed the order and sent me a rose tree simply because I started the law in action. I had have a rose tree. Nothing stands between man and his highest ideals and every desire of his heart, doubt, but doubt and fear. When man can wish without worrying, every desire will be instantly fulfilled. I will explain more fully in a following chapter the scientific reason for this and fear must be erased from the consciousness. It's, it is man's only enemy, fear of lack, fear of failure, fear of sickness, fear of loss, and a feeling of insecurity on some plane, Jesus Christ said. Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Matthew eight twenty six. So we can see we must substitute fear for faith for fear faith for fear for fear is only inverted faith it is faith in evil instead of good the object of the game of life is to clearly see one's good and to obliterate all mental pictures of evil this must be done by impressing the subconscious mind with a realization of good a very brilliant man who has attained great success told me that he had suddenly erased all fear from his consciousness by reading a sign which hung in a room he saw printed in large letters this statement why worry it will probably never happen these words were stamped indelibly upon his subconscious mind and he has now a firm conviction that only good can come into his life therefore only good can manifest in the following chapter i will deal with the different methods of impressing the subconscious mind it is man's faithful servant but one must be careful to give it the right orders. Man has ever a silent listener at his side, his subconscious mind. 
Every thought, every word is impressed upon it and carried out in amazing detail. It is like a singer carrying a record or making a record on the sensitive disc of the phonographic plate. Every note every and every tone of the singer's voice is registered. If he coughs or hesitates, it is also registered. So let us break all the old bad records uh, in the subconscious mind, the records of our lives, which we do not wish to keep and make new and beautiful ones. Speak these words aloud with power and conviction. I now smash and demolish by my spoken word every untrue record in my subconscious mind. They shall return to the dust heap of their native nothingness, for they came from my own vain imaginings. I now make my perfect records through the Christ within, the records of health, wealth, love, and perfect self-expression. This is the square of life, the game completed. In the following chapters, I will show how man can change his conditions by changing his words. Any man who does not know the power of the word is behind the times. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 That concludes the first chapter of Florence Scovel Shin's The Game of Life. This is Lindsay with Leverage Ambition. Thank you so much for tuning in.